Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, folks? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us as we get you prepared for Monday Night Football and then some on tonight's show. And we are live, as always, out of the Bet River Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois. We are excited for all of this betting action. And to help us kind of decipher through it all, Will Hill, Point Spread Weekly contributor and newest member of the CityCast family. He will be hosting the New York CityCast partnered with Bet Rivers, and he will be joining us in roughly 15 minutes to talk about tonight's game featuring a New York squad. The Giants will talk a little bit of baseball with him as well and just some other football plays he's got his attention directed toward. Furthermore, in the program, a half an hour from now, Adam Burke, sports betting analyst, with us right here at VCD Sports Betting Network. I know he'll be talking about tonight's NFL game, and the beauty about having a guy like Adam Burke on is that he can really hit it all, and especially deep down into college football and the games that you probably don't want to touch or even care to watch, but those can be the best betting opportunities. So Adam will kind of give us some of his angles into those games that you may not want to devote time doing research towards. So let Adam tell us that in about a half hour. And at the end of the show, since we do got the primetime game, baby, you know we got some props to look forward to. We got prop shelf. I got some plays for Danny's Dimes, not only in tonight's game for the NFL, but a look ahead or a basketball affair tonight featuring the Bulls and the Celtics. So we'll get to that toward the end of the show. 
But let's get you squared away with Monday Night Football, where the line open, where it's moved to, and then we'll gradually go into my better half in just a moment. But right now, as we see this spread at Bet Rivers, Kansas City up to a 10.5 point favorite. Now, when we were talking last week, as far as Friday night, really, this was getting to about nine in some spots. Not consensus-wise, necessarily, but nine and a half was more so the consensus. You've seen it gone back up in favor of Kansas City now. Money line, the Chiefs minus $5, plus 410 if you're looking to back the G-Men. This total opened about 54. That has dipped to 52. Now, the early, early lines had this Kansas City minus 13, but that was before Kansas City you know, decided to be a very unfortunate squad this year. And this is, of course, a must-win for this team. And a game that, hopefully, if you're back in Kansas City, I guess long-term, would put them on the right trajectory to getting back to Patrick Mahomes-esque Chiefs type of team. So, again, this has gone back up to 10.5. To me, it's a little bit too steep here, right? I mean, over 10 with this Chiefs team that offensively, yes, has the makings to dominate against any team, specifically the Giants, but defensively is where we just can't trust Kansas City. I mean, yes, I get why it moved up because you're still in question whether Sterling Shepard is going or not, whether Kadarius uh, Tony is going or not for the Giants. We know Kenny Galladay is out. I'm kind of banking on that Tony is going to be going and probably Shepard as well. And I'm not betting this game full because, you know, it's tough to trust the Giants at the end of the day. And it does feel like a get-right spot for Kansas City. That doesn't mean I'm laying anywhere near 10.5 with them. But the market has gone back in favor of Kansas City if you feel so inclined to look at the full scope of the game. But as always, we kind of like to dive into the first half of the game too and that's why we spend a segment on my better half where we look at those first half betting angles not only with the spread and the money line but the total as well and we've got some other miscellaneous props to hit on but let's begin with my better half looking at the first half matchup for each team kansas city comes into this game averaging 11.1 first half points per game 17th in the nfl even worse so defensively they're allowing opponents 18.6 first half points per game, which is dead last in the National Football League. So can the Giants do enough to contribute offensively? Well, unfortunately, they're not doing that great offensively. 6.9 first half points per game, that's 30th. Defensively, they're allowing opponents 12 first half points per game, which is 23rd. Money line odds for this spot, it's skewed naturally. you got a big spread here for this game, so you're going to get Kansas City laying a steep price. Minus 250. The Giants are plus 245, and in the first half, three-way betting selection. If you think this game is tied going into the latter half of this spot, 13-1 to is what you would get odds-wise for the tie. Giants, 1-5-1 on the first half money line this season. They got an average losing, uh, losing margin of eight points when they have been trailing in the first half this season. It's not like the Chiefs are boasting any confidence on their end of the stick. They're 2-4-1 on the first half money line. No way I'm laying minus 250, even if you're getting a little bit better odds with the first half three-way. If you're just doing the tie, no bet, where if it does push, you'd get your money back. You're laying minus 305 with Kansas City. Giants plus 230. I get it's primetime. Anything can happen. Weird things tend to happen, especially in the first half of the games, but I have no interest doing anything with the money line. Where there could be a little bit of convincing, maybe, just maybe, but again, it's still Daniel Jones and the Giants. The spread in the first half, this is the more enticing angle to bet it. Giants are catching 6.5, minus 109 if you want to do that. If you want to lay the 6 and hook with Kansas City, you're laying minus 112. Now, if we applied this spread to every first half game for the Giants thus far, they would actually be 5-2 and two against the number. Not too shabby. If we did the same with Kansas City, if we had the Chiefs, 
laying six and a half in every first half game, they would be one and six against the spread. It's not to say that I'm solely banking on this occurring again and would take the points with the Giants because, like I said, it's a good spot for Kansas City, and it just feels like this is their get-right spot and that they could come out firing. Six and a half, pretty steep to lay, but taking it, you're not over the key number of seven or right at there, so I'm not particularly in love with this angle, but certainly more inclined to look in this direction than I would be with the money line, no doubt about that. But the area we always have a little bit more intrigue in revolves around the points in the first half. So total points in this first half, it's a high one because the lack of defense from both sides. Again, Kansas City allowing opponents over 18 first half points per game, dead last in the NFL. The total points set at 26 and a half right now at Bet Rivers for the first half. And it's shaded to the over, minus 124. Under 26 in the hook is plus 102. Now the Giants over under record with the number being set at 26.5, is 2-5. So they've stayed under in five out of seven games. The Chiefs, on the other side, flip-flop. They're 5-2. and two. They've gone over this in five out of seven games. you got to ask yourself, can the Giants put up enough points? And you go, well, of course they can. They're going against Kansas City's defense. And I get that. I understand that. But it's still the Giants at the end of the day who just seem to consistently find a way to disappoint. As a Bears fan, I understand that feeling, and that's how the Giants could provide that if you're looking to bet the over as well. But looking into the individual total points in the first half, let's start with Kansas City first. 16.5 is the number. Very high. Very high. But again, favorable spot. Now, they've only gone over this in two games thus far, the Chiefs, right? I mean, they did it against Philly, and they did it against Baltimore. So that also happened to be when the only two times they were leading at the half. The Giants have also only allowed opponents over this mark of 16.5 first-half points twice. That was Dallas and Los Angeles, both two top teams with really solid offenses. And we know Kansas City has the capability of having a solid offense, but we don't know if we can rely on it right now. The total points by the Giants is probably where a lot of attention is going to be directed toward instead because you're under 10. It's 9.5. Yes, you got to lay more to play the over minus 134, but as we alluded to, Kansas City has the worst first-half defense in the NFL. But do we trust this Giants offense? If they can get that ground game going, because got Kansas City who ranks 31st in both DVOA pass and run. If Kansas, or excuse me, if the, uh, the Giants set the tone early enough, maybe they get the ball first. Maybe they have a defining drive right out of the gates, set themselves up with either a field goal or a touchdown. You're feeling great right away. We know that has happened to Kansas City plenty, and maybe Daniel Jones gives them a spark right out of the gate. But again, the Chiefs have allowed opponents over this mark in all seven games thus far, meaning every opponent has scored at least 10 points or more in the first half against them. The only thing that scares you, the Giants have only gone over it twice. Yeah, nothing that gives you too much confidence. But if you think things change, they can take advantage of this defense that is nothing dominant whatsoever, then total points by the Giants in the first half may be your selection. Over 9.5. It's a little steep, minus 134. That's why I'm not necessarily all in on it, but that could be the best angle for my better half for Monday Night Football with the Chiefs and the Giants. Now I want to move on, though, because we do like to spend a couple minutes before we move on with some miscellaneous props, as I like to call it. And an area that I've actually been really interested in this whole season has been the kicking points. It's not something I really dove into at any point but now it's been catching my attention and I'm finally making an official play on one of them we're going with Graham Gano and his kicking points over five and a half 
Uh, now the number's at about minus 150. I got about minus 140 earlier in the day. It's been getting steamed up a little bit. But you look at Gano, and he's averaging 7.6 kicking points per game. He's gone over 5.5 kicking points in 5 out of 7 games. The two times he went under, look, he had 3 against the Rams, but the Giants had just 11 overall points in that game. So he wasn't really set up for success. And he had one versus Denver. The team just had 13 points. So he got the extra point, and I'm sure he missed the other one. But look, he's 15-17 on field goals this season, 8-8 of eight on extra points. If you believe the Giants can move the ball enough, maybe they don't need to score touchdowns. That would only do better for us with his kicking points over. But I think this could be a game where Gano actually gets a little bit more significant action considering the opponent in this defense that is so lackadaisical in Kansas City. So I'm laying the steeper price here because you're never, like seldom are you going to get this low of a kicking points price, even with a team that's as bad as the Giants are. So I'm playing Graham Gano over five and a half for his kicking points tonight. That's kind of our weird uh, prop we're rolling with. That's the one we're doing officially. Now, if you're curious about some of the other props that caught my attention, I think the one that stood out the next most was um, the total points by the Giants at 20 and a half. We talked about their first half total points, so I also wanted to talk about the full game. 20 and a half, the Chiefs have allowed opponents to go over this in six out of seven games. The only team who didn't. It was a Washington football team. They had just 13. Giants have gone over 20.5 points in three out of seven games thus far. Nothing too crazy, but if you're looking for more total bets, Giants for the full game might be a little bit more enticing than the first half because you're only laying minus 107 for the full game as opposed to about minus 134 for the first half. And heck, maybe they're trailing. They're going to have to be forced to take bigger shots and kind of pad those numbers toward the end of the game. So that could be a better alternative route. But we're doing Gano over his kicking points, five and a half. We'll let you know more bets are playing, and so will Will Hill. He's joining us next on Rush Out. Stick around. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting for the local perspective. You've got the Chicago City Cast along with the Denver, Detroit, Philly, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now the newly implemented New York City Cast as well. So subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your podcast made available. Get hooked up five times a week. All right, we are excited here on Rush Hour. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, because as we mentioned, the new City Cast is the New York one, and we are lucky enough to bring on the host of that. Right here on Vs and it's Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Not only does he host New York City Cast, he's a big contributor with us here at Vs. And so, Will, first of all, congrats on the new setup. We're excited to hear everything. Thank you for joining us tonight. I always like to kind of, you know, bring on the City Cast hosts and let them explain what they're going to be having everyone looking forward to. So, what can we expect out of the City Cast? I mean, a huge market, obviously, out on the East Coast. But uh, what do you have planned for all the fans out there on your side? First of all, thank you so much. I don't know if we're teammates now or if we're rivals. Are we competitors? Are we both? I'm excited. A little bit of both. Uh, it's new, a little bit of both, absolutely. It's New York sports <laughs> betting. Uh, so props, 
futures. You know, we're going to do a lot of Jets, Giants, Knicks, Nets, uh, Yankees, Mets. So e everything you look for in New York sports, New York sports betting, uh, try to give you the best info, try to help you win some money. If you listen this week, you had the Jets. And you, you took a little taste on the money line. I kind of called my shot with that one. I, I had a feeling that line was too high, and uh, that was a hell of a win, a hell of an upset by the Jets. So we, fi we finally got our first bracket buster survivor uh, upset of the year here with the Jets. Yeah, no kidding. And look, I'm excited to talk about that game with you, and we'll get to that momentarily. But of course, you know, how perfect that we bring you on Monday night because we got the Giants to look forward to tonight. Going on the road against Kansas City, who will? You and I have talked about a few weeks back. You, you were like, I'm very curious to see this miss the playoffs price on Kansas City. And that was before it really got legit that they may miss the playoffs. And now here they are, and we're saying this is a must-win game against the Giants instead of it being an expected win. This line is up to 10.5. This total has come down a tad bit to 52. How do you look at betting this one in terms of just the spread or total? And we'll get into some props, but is this number at 10.5 too high despite it being against the Giants? I like the Giants here. I made my mind at some point last November, December. Look, the Chiefs have gotten enough of my money. I kept saying this is the week they turn it around. This is the week they turn it around. Uh, eventually, I mean, they just never cover. I think it's three covers in the last 18 games. They're just horrible against the spread. There's a lot of concerning signs here for the Chiefs. You know, yards per play on defense. Some of their, their numbers on defense are just historically bad. Uh, they didn't score a touchdown last week, which I think is more of a fluke than anything. But they have to adjust. I mean, Mahomes is giving the ball away a lot. Uh, leads the league in interceptions. They lead the league in turnovers. And these teams are just backing off. They're saying, you know what, we're going to take away the big play and we're going to dare you to run the ball for three, four yards a clip. And, and you know, the Chiefs just haven't adjusted. They get bored. They, they eventually take some, some chances, some bad gambles, and they turn it over. So I can't lay 10 and a half with this team. I think the Giants, you know, have played hard. You never know who's going to be in the lineup in terms of skill players. Man, I, I've never seen a team with more injuries. It's, it's amazing. You go down the list between Shepard and Tony and Barkley, uh, Evan Ingram. Sounds like Tony and Shepard are back tonight, so you're going to get a couple of guys here for Jones to move the ball. Look, even if you're down 14 late, I think the back door will be wide open here for the Giants to get that cheap touchdown, get the cheap cover. Look, anytime you're betting against Mahomes and Chiefs, that, that fear is there that you're going to lose this game, you know, 54-13, to 13, and they're going to have that explosion on you. If it happens, so be it. I like the Giants here. Right. I mean, this is more of the situational spot where this number has been. And based on what you've seen from Kansas City, it seems impossible to lay that high of a number. And look, we both understand that the Giants are the Giants, and it would not be shocking if they get demolished. But based on this number, I think the only direction as at this point would be to take rather than to lay. Now, aside from that, Will, because I'm not doing anything with a full game, I like to get into the props a little bit more. So I know you've got some strong opinions on a couple of the props tonight. Is that right? Yeah, I like both quarterbacks rushing props over. Uh, we'll start with Jones. I think his is 26 and a half. What's 22 and a half early in the morning? Again, shop around for the best number. Those markets can vary, and you know, a yard or two can make all the difference in the world, as you know, especially with the props. But all five games Jones has completed, he's gone over this total. Um, you remember he got benched because the game was such a blowout against the Rams. Then against the Cowboys, he got hurt. Other than that, he's really ran the ball a lot. Uh, one of these games, he had 90 yards, 28, 37. He's eclipsed this over every time, and I think the Chiefs are so bad against the run that it'll open up some things, play action, naked bootlegs, you know, RPOs that all it takes, you know, when he gets going, he, he can really run. And all it takes is a couple of these carries, you know, two carries for 13 or 14 yards each, and he'll eclipse his total. I like Jones here to go over the total. 
as I do with Holmes, as I mentioned, these teams are playing off of the Chiefs, daring them to run the ball. If you're giving space to the receivers, if your your corners are playing back, that means Mahomes has room to run. Uh, and, and since he's thrown so many interceptions, since he's taken so many chances, maybe he just, you know what, I'm going to take the six or seven yard run here instead of forcing the ball in here and, and making a bad play. So maybe Mahomes looks to run more here, uh, considering all the turnovers, considering the way the defenses have played him more. And, and he's had a habit here for running a lot on primetime. I went over it earlier on the podcast. He scored the first touchdown on a lot of these primetime games last year against the Ravens, Super Bowl against the 49ers. Uh, the, the playoff game against the Browns a couple years ago against the Bears on Sunday night. He likes to run. He saves it for high leverage situations. So this could be a night where he, you know, he runs for 30 or 40 yards here tonight. For sure. And, yeah, I've seen a lot of steam on both quarterbacks, especially Daniel Jones, which is still hysterical to me because I just feel like there's no way I envision him being a mobile quarterback. But time and time again, when he is on primetime, he seems to have the explosive plays. And against his vulnerable Kansas City defense, if they can implement play action enough, Dandy Dimes could be sprinting and getting you some yardage, as it has been steamed up. Like you said, you know, 22.5 upwards to 25, 26.5. Right now, 25.5 still at Bet Rivers. But a good prop opportunity potentially tonight for Monday Night Football. Well, I got to ask you about the World Series, too, because I know you're pretty invested in baseball yourself. In terms of Game 6, Houston minus 125 at home. Atlanta's plus 108. This total's at 8.5. I want to get your thoughts for this game. And then also talk to us a little bit about the MVP race right now for the World Series and where you might see some value. Well, I have a I have a bet on Atlanta to win the series, and I actually have a bet on Soler at 35-1 to 1 to win the World Series MVP. Ooh. And I don't know if you were watching last night, but he missed a home run by about two feet. Would have been his third home run of the series. Would have kind of put the game away for the Braves. Would have wrapped up the MVP. Not that I'm bitter about it. Not that I've harped on it. But, man, that was a frustrating one. And I think you kind of – you got to worry if you're Atlanta here that you missed your chance. The Astros weren't hitting for a while, similar to the Boston series. Remember in the Boston series, once they started hitting, they didn't stop. In Atlanta, you're up three games to one. You're up four nothing in the first inning. The place is going crazy. You know, you're X amount of outs away from winning the world championship. Now you're going back to Houston. You let them get off the mat. This is a very scary situation. I expect the game seven. I think the Astros will win tomorrow uh, and force a game seven. Uh, in terms of the MVP, you know, it's interesting. I mentioned Solaris hit a couple home runs. There really hasn't been that eye-popping, dominating performance on offense. You, know, you, you could ask five different people who they like for MVP. You get five different answers. Some people say, you know, Rosario, Freeman, uh, Riley's had some big hits. I still favor Soler. That's both, both biased and unbiased. I think he's really been good in the series. Hit the game-winning homer the other night. Hit a leadoff homer to start the series. But I'd be curious what, what price you have on Ian Anderson. Uh, he threw five no-hit innings in the first in the first his first appearance in Game Three, and now he's going to line up. If, if it goes seven, he'll pitch Game Seven. So you could have a scenario where he throws 11, 12 shutout innings, or 12 innings of one-run ball. He wins two games in the series, and he w wins the clinching game to leave you know a good taste in the voters' mouths. If he's two and zero with, with with a zero ERA and he wins the Game Seven clincher, I know there's some 40, 45 to ones out there. Ian Anderson is worth a stab to me at that price. Okay, we'll consider Ian Anderson. Yeah, I think they're pulled off right now, but I'm sure they'll be reposted tomorrow before the game, so we'll keep that updated here on the show. Uh, Will, we got about 45 seconds. Can you tell us your early thoughts for Jets and Colts Thursday night? Uh, Mike White coming in, taking care of business. He's catching 10.5. How do we feel about him in this game? As far as I know, Carson Wentz is still the quarterback for the Colts, so I am, you are not getting me to lay 10.5 points with Carson Wentz. 
Mike White actually looked really good. I mean, 411 yards passing. They were chanting his name. His parents were crying. Hell of a story. He played <laughs> tremendous football. I can only look towards the Jets here. I think this line is inflated. I like the Jets. The most important thing you said is Carson Wentz is still the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. I it, Laying double digits with him seems like an impossible task, Will. I'm with you here. But, hey, my man, we are excited again to have you part of the CityCast fam, and we are looking forward to all the content you're going to produce out on the East Coast for New York. But thanks, as always, for joining us on Rush Hour, and best of luck with all those plays tonight and beyond, my friend. Anytime, Danny. Appreciate you, my man. See you guys. Thank you. VEASAN.com slash listen. You got it. Will Hill, folks, at not the Will Hills, where you can catch him on Twitter. Remember, wherever you get your podcast made available, Will will be hooking it up. Five episodes every single week. Same with all the major cities, baby. We're doing big things, partnered with Bet Rivers with the City Cast. And of course, you could catch mine, the Chicago City Cast, five episodes a week. You want to hear me rant and complain about the Bears in my alma mater, Nebraska? You know where to find it. Just pure entertainment of me screaming into the microphone. And we do betting content as well. We'll keep up the betting content, though, folks. Adam Burke is going to be joining us. We are talking NFL and a lot of college football. Stick around with us. It is Rush Hour right here on Visa. This is Rush Hour on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, the VSEN midseason football special is here, folks. And for only 99 bucks, you get everything VSEN has to offer from now to the end of the NFL playoffs. That includes daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, also betting splits for every sport, Point Spread Weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a fantastic deal and only $99 again for the rest of the football season. So check it out now, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to it. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us on this Monday evening as we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The crowd filling up in anticipation for what could be a somewhat entertaining game or a really ugly game. Who knows what's going to happen, but someone is going to help us handicap it a little bit more. So Adam Burke, sports betting analyst with us here at VEASAN. Does great work on all the other shows, but also with his Burke's Betting Blurbs, the daily newsletter. Again, VSIN.com slash subscribe gives you a lot of great info. And Adam, like we said, could be a decent game, could be an atrocious game. Uh, regardless, his spread is at about 10.5 right now at Bet Rivers. Total at 52. Anything you're seeing an angle with for tonight's affair? Yeah, you know, as we look at this game here tonight, I think the weather is kind of an interesting factor because this is really the first kind of cold weather game that we've seen. Temperatures expected to be kind of in that 35 to 40 range, maybe a little bit of a wind chill kind of creeping in for tonight. So that's something interesting. You know, now that we hit November, it's kind of funny that the first game in the month of November will be a pretty cold game here for these two teams. And I think that's potentially why you kind of see this total hovering in that 52 range. Didn't really go up to 53 or 54, kind of staying in that 52 number. And I also think, too, if you're looking for a lower scoring expectation here tonight, then you've got to think the Giants plus the points at 10.5 is a pretty decent look in this game. I don't personally have a play on side or total, but that would be the way I would lean tonight is taking a look at the Giants plus the points. 
Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the, the weather, too, because I was kind of considering that as well. It's like, well, I always want to look at it. I was like, all right, wind looks fine, precipitation fine. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to start getting chillier. we got to factor that in. So always something to consider overall with the grand scheme of things with the weather, uh, weather report, especially in the Midwest region, which I'm located in and don't enjoy it. But, hey, it is what it is, and we got to consider it when we're betting. Uh, let's look at another game that's going to be in the similar region in terms of the Midwest, Adam. You've got some thoughts on the Browns and the Bengals. Cincinnati coming off that tough loss against the Jets. The Browns also coming off a loss here. Two and a half is what Cleveland is catching. Great teaser opportunity potentially if you want to get them up to eight and a half or beyond. This total at about 46 and a half. So I'm really kind of torn. I still think maybe Cincinnati is the somewhat right play here, but I don't know. Maybe that game just diminish their confidence enough. How do you see this one coming out? Real quick, before we get to that Buckeye State battle, uh, again, as I said, with the weather tonight, thinking maybe Patrick Mahomes runs the football a little bit. So over 22 and a half rushing yards, a number I'm seeing out there uh, pretty much across the board. It was a little bit lower last night when I looked at it and put it in the article over at vsn.com. But I just want to throw that out there uh, real quickly. As far as this game goes here between Cleveland and Cincinnati, I am a Browns fan from Cleveland, born and raised, 34 years of watching pretty bad football generally. Watched every Browns game here so far this season, and one big takeaway I've had from this defense, even though the defense has a really nice yards per play number and they've got some other pretty good statistics like the pass rush and stuff like that, they've been burned by speed. Mike Williams beat them over the top. Tyreek Hill beat them in that week one game. The Cardinals, they have a lot of speed on the outside and the Browns weren't really able to keep up with that, although injuries did play a little bit of a role. That's the thing that really worries me about this matchup here against Cincinnati, is that the Bengals are very, very quick. Jamar Chase can run, T. Higgins can run, Tyler Boyd is a big target that can also scamper down the field. So I like Cincinnati minus the two and a half here in this game, because I don't think this is a very good matchup for the Browns' defense. Then you look at the Browns' offensive side of things, Jack Conklin out a few weeks now, that's a big problem for them, given that their left tackle, Jedrick Wills, has not been healthy all season long. So the Browns are banged up on the edges of the offensive line. Nick Chubb still isn't healthy, as we know. They still don't have Kareem Hunt. Jarvis Landry doesn't look healthy, and Baker Mayfield's still hurt. I think this line's cheap here at 2.5. I'm surprised it's not 3 market-wide, or maybe even 3.5, but I do like Cincinnati here for a variety of different reasons this week, Danny. Yeah, and honestly, maybe it's just because... People are still a little bit hesitant based on what happened with the Bengals this past week. But you don't want to have recency bias. It's something we always like to stress. But I, I lean with you here. I think Cincinnati probably is the right play. Cleveland just having all sorts of issues left and right, which, as you mentioned, you have been dealing with your whole life, and it's going to be getting tougher probably this week against the Bengals. Uh, speaking of teams that have been dealing with issues, what about Jacksonville this upcoming week? It doesn't get easier for them, Adam, as they get the host of Buffalo Bills, who come in as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite this total is at 49. Is 14 and a half too steep, or do you think it's not steep enough with or going against this Jacksonville team that just got beat down by Geno Smith? Well, it's certainly less attractive to lay the hook there with the 14 and a half, but I think if you could find a 14, I do like Buffalo in this spot. A couple of things here. The first is that, look, the teams that we've seen coming off of the bye here so far this season really haven't looked all that good. You know, in week seven, uh, the Jets got blown out off the bye against the Patriots. The 49ers lost at home. The Falcons won, but they didn't cover against Miami. And then last week, we saw the Bills look out of sync. We've seen teams really kind of struggle coming off of their bye week here. I think this is a get-right spot for Buffalo. They know that the top spot in the AFC is very much a possibility now. And, of course, a big setback here this week for Tennessee with Derrick Henry's uh, foot surgery. 
think Buffalo really puts it to Jacksonville in this game. Good weather expected down in Florida. That should help this offense kind of get things going, help Josh Allen spread the ball around a little bit. And Jacksonville, look, last week against a Seattle defense that hasn't been very good, only had 4.2 yards per play. Number one defense in the NFL in yards per play is the Buffalo Bills. Schedule has played a role, but it's not like they're playing a good team here this week in Jacksonville. So I think Buffalo wins this game very, very comfortably, very convincingly, and covers that 14-point spread. All right, Adam, let's take it down a level, go to the collegiate spot for football, and let's talk Texas and Iowa State here. We see the Cyclones laying six in the hook, so right under the key number of seven. This total up to 60 and a half. What kind of value do you see potentially in this matchup? Yeah, you know, I like the dog in this one. I actually do like Texas in this spot here. Iowa State coming off a tough loss last week to West Virginia. Texas coming off of their own tough loss against Baylor. That's three straight one-score losses for Texas here by a combined 22 points over their last three games. But in last week's game against Baylor, that game was very much there for the taking for the Longhorns. They turned it over five times. They had two turnovers, three turnovers on downs. Four of the five were in Baylor territory. And this has been a problem for Casey Thompson. Really hasn't taken great care of the football. But he may get a respite this week because Iowa State has only forced two turnovers in their five Big 12 games here so far. So they're making life difficult on themselves. Texas also making life difficult on themselves. So I just think six and a half here with two teams that have been pretty inconsistent, aren't super trustworthy. I think six and a half is a little bit too big here for this one, where I think Iowa State kind of living on the perception of some of their earlier games this season. But anytime they've stepped up in class, they've struggled. It's been the same thing for Texas too, but I'm worried about Iowa State covering this number in a favorite role here. So give me the Longhorns plus the six and a half. All right, then what about some thoughts here on Georgia State and Louisiana? We see Georgia State catching 11 in the hook on the road. Total sitting at about 54.5. What can we expect out of this game? Yeah, I think this is a really, really intriguing game. It's a standalone game on Thursday night, the only college football game here after some action on Tuesday and Wednesday. But I hate this spot for Georgia State. I cannot express how bad this spot is for the Panthers here. Last week, they played their rivalry game against Georgia Southern. They scored the game-winning touchdown with 26 seconds left in the game after giving up the game-tying touchdown with a minute 39 to play. So they put together their best drive of the game, went down, scored a touchdown, beat their rival. Now they've got to play on Thursday against the Louisiana team that looked pretty buttoned up here, at least in two of their last three games. And also, too, a little-known provision here in college football is that something that went into effect last year is that teams can't practice on Election Day. Tomorrow is Election Day. So Georgia State, on a short week now, can't practice on Tuesday to get ready for this Louisiana game. They'll have to travel on Wednesday, coming off of this big rivalry. So I think this spot is absolutely awful for Georgia State. I think Louisiana wins this game and covers that 11.5. Wow, look at that, baby. See, that's why you always got to check out the newsletter, because Adam's giving you that information that most people, including myself, would not be cognizant of. Awesome to see. So Louisiana could be in a good spot there, 11 and a half. Adam, we got about 30 seconds. I know you had some thoughts in North Texas, Southern Miss. Line is at five in favor of North Texas, total 47 and a half. What did you like there? Yeah, I'm going to back another Southern Miss under here. Backed it last week. They lost 35 to 10 to Middle Tennessee. There were nine combined turnovers in that game, three defensive touchdowns, well, two defensive and one special teams, and it still went under the total of 48 because Southern Miss is so bad offensively. Worst in the country in yards per play. North Texas also in the bottom 30 themselves. I just don't know where points come from in this game, Danny. So 
I'll go ahead and ride this under for, train for Southern Miss here and take the under 47 and a half. Adam, you're the man. Keep up the great work. Appreciate it as always. Absolutely. Have a good night, Danny. You too. At Skating Tripods, where you can follow Adam on Twitter for more of his content. Or, of course, you can subscribe to Visa, ESIN.com. Slash subscribe, giving you all those tidbits on a daily basis. Coming up next, Danny's Dimes and Prop Shelf. Stick around. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups, and they've brought back the reduce the juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, if you didn't know, they've got their $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bets. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaceYourGrass.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Okay, folks, welcome back to Rush Hour right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, where you can catch me on the tweets. And as always, we are doing this thing live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Plenty of betting action that we have gone through for tonight and will continue to do so. So without further ado, let's bring it to Danny's Dimes as we are wrapping up the shindig tonight. My official place, not only in the NFL. That's right, we're handicapping basketball tonight, baby. A big one for the Bulls, so naturally, I'm a little bit invested in it. The only bright spot in Chicago sports right now, so we got to touch on it a little bit. But I'm actually betting against the Bulls in a sense here with a prop play. Now, as we know, the Bulls are slacking defensively in terms of their interior defense with the big man. Nikola Vucevic certainly not providing that defense. And they just dropped Patrick Williams for the season. So I'm looking to handicap against them in terms of big men on a consistent basis. And I think a good look tonight is Robert Williams, big man for the Celtics, over eight and a half points, minus a buck twenty-seven at Bet Rivers. Williams already averaging about ten point four points per contest thus far. He has also gone over eight and a half points in four out of five games. Now every opposing big man has gone over this mark also against Chicago. Uh, Rudy Gobert got 17. Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks got 9. Achua, who we hit the double-double 4-1 to one on, and his points, rebounds, and assists over. Naturally, he got over this too, had 11 points. Isaiah Stewart for Detroit has faced the Bulls twice, so he got 12 one game and 6 in the next, but he at least got over it in one game against the Bulls. And then Valanchunas with the Pelicans, he dropped 18. Bulls are uh, Bulls opponents excuse me, are getting about 39.5% of their shots up at the rim. 30th is what that ranks for Chicago, right at the bottom. And Williams himself takes all of his shots virtually within four feet of the rim, 83% to be exact. 
Bulls cannot defend down low. Robert Williams could have a field day, or at least enough, to get over this prop mark of 8.5. So look for Robert Williams over 8.5 points tonight, minus 127 against the Chicago Bulls. Slightly to take of the points with the Bulls. That's going to be more of an in-game attack. But the official play is the prop with Williams over 8.5 points. But all right, let's continue on with the props for the main event tonight, which is Monday Night Football, Giants and Chiefs. Albeit not a pretty game, there still are betting opportunities that we are looking to dissect. And let's start with Danny Dimes himself. Daniel Jones props, passing yards and passing completions have drawn my attention. And starting with the passing yards, 243 was the best number out there if you do a little bit of searching. 246.5 or so is where you're seeing it at Bet Rivers. It would still look over... Because, look, Jones is averaging about 271.5 passing yards per game. Now, just full disclosure, this is me not counting week five at Dallas where he did not play the full game. So in the full games he has played, which is six of them, he is averaging 271 passing yards per game. And he's gone over 243.5 in four out of six games. A couple he stayed under, 203 versus Carolina, but that was a game they were winning 25-3, to so they didn't need him to throw it. And then 242 versus the Rams, solid secondary, you barely missed it. You're getting a lot worse secondary here with the Kansas City Chiefs, so I feel like the opportunities will be a lot more present for Daniel Jones. I get they're still dealing with injuries, but as Will Hill alluded to, and I'm thinking the same thing unless anything else has popped up, I believe Kadarius Tony is a go and Sterling Shepard as well. Evan Ingram's already out there. Um, you're missing Kenny Galladay, but at least you got those two guys to throw to against this Chiefs defense that is allowing opposing quarterbacks 286 passing yards per game. Only quarterbacks to not go over this mark against the Chiefs was Lamar Jackson, who we know isn't the most consistent thrower necessarily, and Taylor Heineke. It's Taylor Heineke, come on. They're the only quarterbacks not to go over this mark and a little bit more incentive to maybe push you over the top. The Chiefs are allowing opposing quarterbacks slash receivers to complete about 8.3 yards per reception. That ranks 30th in the NFL. No bueno. No bueno for Kansas City. So look for Daniel Jones over his passing yards prop. 243.5 is where it's still out there. I would probably, yeah, 246.5 would be the highest I would play, but would still look over for Daniel Jones. And also would look over for his pass completions. At Bet Rivers, 21.5 is the number. Minus 127 is what I laid. Now, Jones is averaging about 25 completions per game thus far. He has gone over 21.5 in all of the six full games he has played. You look at the Chiefs. They're actually only getting you know, passes completed on them about 22.6 times per game, which ranks 14th. But again, you have to consider the teams they've played, You know, either the Chiefs have been getting dominated or a couple of the quarterbacks haven't passed the ball too much. So, for example, Josh Allen stayed under. Ryan Tannehill, who doesn't throw as much. Mark Jackson, Baker Mayfield, another group of guys who rely on the run game a little bit more so. The three quarterbacks who have gone over consist of Justin Herbert. He's the guy who slings it a lot. Uh, Heineke completed about 24 in his matchup against the Chiefs. And then Jalen Hurts, when they were trailing, needed to throw it. My thought process being the Giants are probably trailing. They will have to throw the ball to play keep up with the Chiefs who will be able to expose this Giants defense. So look for Danny Dimes over. 21 and a half pass completions. Hopefully he's slinging those dimes tonight because that's what we're rolling with. Daniel Jones over 21 and a half pass completions and over his passing yards of 243 and a half.
Now, aside from Daniel Jones sticking on the Giants, I know it maybe seems like I'm rooting for the Giants here or thinking they're going to win because I'm sticking with the Giants' props, but I think it's more of the better opportunity because you're going up against this crap defense in Kansas City that ranks both 31st in DVOA run and pass defense. What is going to change tonight unless the Giants shoot themselves in their foot, which, to be honest, they're more than capable of doing, but hopefully Jones has a good enough game and one of his targets, Evan Ingram, tonight. Receiving yards prop of 30.5 if you do a little bit of searching. 33.5 is where it's up to at Bet Rivers. Would still play that over. That would be the highest I would go. But at this point, Ingram averaging 34 receiving yards per game. He has only gone over this mark twice. It was last week where he got 44 versus the Panthers and then 55 at Dallas. But what you need to take into consideration, again, is this Kansas City defense. And specifically, against opposing tight ends, they're allowing those tight ends to bring in about 5.7 receptions and average 82, that's right, 82 receiving yards per game. Let's take a look at what some of these other tight ends have done. Ricky Seal, uh, Seal Jones had 58. Dawson Knox for the Bills at 117. Ertz had 60. And Goddard, both on the same team, got over this. Goddard at 56. Ertz had 60. Mark Andrews had 57. And Joku had 76. The only team not to have an opposing tight end go over this was the Chargers, but they had all three of their tight ends heavily involved and kind of spread out. But Jared Cook was even to still wrangle up about 27 receiving yards. If these uh, wide receivers are a little bit banged up too, being Tony and Shepard, then Ingram is going to have to be really utilized in this game, even if they are a go. But 30.5 seems like a low price here, even up to 33.5. I know Ingram can be volatile here and there, but if they're playing catch-up, Ingram could be a guy who is focused in on considering Kansas City's lack of defensive dominance, especially against tight ends, allowing them over 80 receiving yards per game. Evan Ingram, over 30.5, is our other official play tonight with his receiving yards. Now, before we kind of recap everything with the official plays, I did want to throw out one more guy that I think you should consider. I didn't play him, but I think there is a good opportunity potentially for Darrell Williams with the Chiefs, his receiving yards number 16.5. I would consider him over. He's averaging about 15 per game, but if, we's, if we've really only counted the games where he's actually gotten used, he's averaging about 20.4 receiving yards per game, and he's gone over this mark of his receiving yards and receptions of 2.5, actually. That's where his receptions prop is at. He's gone over that the last three games in a row. Okay, the Giants, you look at what they do against tailbacks. They're allowing opposing running backs about 42 receiving yards per game, and every opposing running back... That is, face the Giants has gone over this receiving yards mark of 16 and a half. And again, you can look at his receptions also at about two and a half. Plus 120 was a very good number I saw out there. He's gone over this mark in the past three games. Giants allowing opposing tailbacks to rack up about five catches on six targets per game. Every opposing running back has gone over this except for Henderson with the Rams. But otherwise, they have gone over the receptions of two and a half and the receiving yards of 16 and a half. Something to consider. Didn't officially play it, but just wanted to throw that out there if you feel so inclined. But overall, looking back on everything that we have played for tonight, starting with Monday Night Football, we've got Graham Gano, Giants kicker, over 5.5 kicking points, minus the buck 40. Daniel Jones, over 243.5 passing yards. And Jones, over 21.5 completions. And Evan Ingram, over 30.5 receiving yards. And don't forget in the NBA, Robert Williams, over 8.5 points. Best of luck if you tail. Enjoy all the action. We'll be back tomorrow. More NBA and baseball right here on Rush Hour. Hey, 
Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 